This episode of Replay comes with a trigger warning for sexual assault and abuse, grooming, bullying and threats, talk of suicide, and racism. Please proceed with caution and remember to take care of yourselves. I was like, I want to make what I wish I had and I want to make this place actively better. And I'd had no idea what that meant when I said that. I had no idea what that actually meant in a like a long-term career and like in a way I am the first and so it's like it sucks I'm not gonna lie it sucks donkey dick to be the first person of color in any position like this because you have to be the one to take the hit of everything everything every movement every political discourse every you know problem that has to deal with racism or intersectionality like i'm the one that is on on the front line and it sucks but you know in the recent years it's been like it's been liberating Welcome to Replay, the show that invites you to join us at the game table. I'm your host, Clara Mount. On Replay, we're building a more inclusive community by creating a space for underrepresented gamers and their allies to share their voice. We'll tell stories about our experiences and provide new perspectives that challenge our community to think differently about who we are and what we do. Replay is a Victor Media Group original. You can find episodes of this and all other Victor Media Group shows on our website at victormediagroup.co. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe and connect with us on your favorite social media platform. Today on Replay, we get to talk to Raquel Skellington. She's a full-time professional LARPer and model. In fact, she's the world's first professional LARPer. And if I could comment on that, I just want to point out, she is a woman of color, and that's kind of a fucking big deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so more on that later. But for now, Raquel, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Um, so later we're going to get to talk more about your career and that kind of stuff because I'm sure, I, like I, when I saw your Twitter profile and was like, professional library, the fuck? That exists. <laughs> I didn't know that was real. Um, I'm sure lots of people out there are also thinking the same thing. So we're going to talk about that later. But my first segment is always just about gaming in general. And um, we're just going to talk about how much we love games. So I love that. Let's do it. <laughs> so, Raquel, what is the number one reason that people should care about games? Because um, games are art. Games are art. And art, um, the definition of what art is, is something that makes you feel. And so, you know, I think games are a wonderful way for someone to express themselves or explore themselves what they do and don't do not like narratives that they enjoy characters that they wish to be or wish they weren't or wish they could be (laughs) and i i find that games are so prolific because it allows people to step outside themselves and view that art in a way where they not only can they enjoy it but it means something to them Mm -hmm. and i i think 
you know, we should just stop looking at games. It's just like, ah, oh, it's just a, it's just a game. It's it's an art. It's art, and it took mm-hmm. it, it took talent from hundreds of people to make that art. It's a collective vision of a bunch of human beings coming together and making a thing. That's in, that's insane. And so it's like I I think games are important because it's art, and art is culture. And the more cultured we become, the better people we are. I love that. I could not agree more. I'm thinking back to like, I had the honor of taking a class on video games in college um, before they were like a popular thing to do, to offer. Uh, And like the very first day we had that conversation, our games art. And like my professor, who is a wonderful person, was basically pointing out that like in their lifetime, that was highly contested. But for us as college students in the 2010s, (laughs) it was like, what? There's people that don't think it's art. <laughs> it's always been art. That's yeah. the thing. It's always been art. But it's been, yeah. And I would agree with that too. But there's so many people that had to sort of get with that program. So I think that's another like, you know, evolution We're both in the art way. Students, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know what? We're biased. It's fine. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> you like that. Um, so what how did you first get into gaming? Like, did you start in LARP or was there something before that? So my very first start in gaming, I'll never forget it. I must have been like I want to say like four, like probably like between wow. between the ages of like three, four, and five. I can't remember a, the exact age, but I rem- all I remember is my dad coming up to me and him going, "Rocky, Daddy has something to show you." And I'm sitting there like, "Yeah, what is it?" And he's like, "You gotta come, <laughs> you gotta come downstairs." And so we have like this basement play area, and he had set up this computer because my dad is a techie my dad's a total nerd he, you would oh, never think that. about it from looking at him or speaking with him because he's like an undercover boomer nerd where <laughs> he doesn't want anybody to know that he is but he is and um <laughs> he set up the the chair and had a pillow on it and i sat down and my first game that i can ever remember playing was a blue clues pc game <gasps> that was a fucking rap <laughs> I fucking love that. I didn't even, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I didn't know there were Blue's Clues games. Yeah, I was. I'm I so played upset Blue's that Clues, I didn't play them. <laughs> Blue's Clues educate, educated games. And I, I, and I would go down there every, every fucking day for hours and hours on end and play these edutainment games, basically. And like, I... I, I loved them. It was it was like my favorite thing on earth to do. And so like the first couple years of my childhood that I, I can really remember, because mm-hmm. frankly, I, I was born in 96. I really can't remember too much before 2004, which is when I was like seven, eight years old. <clears throat> it's hard to remember before that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like all of that's a little foggy. But um, yeah, because if I was four years old, that was that was 2000. And so 2000 i played no so that means i started playing games in 1999 because i played the sims when it came out but i had already been playing games before then nice yeah that's so i love that okay so most people who answer that question and i'm not throwing my other guests under the bus because like this is such a true story for people that are like my generation i feel like i mean not that i'm that much older than you five years old, whatever <laughs> but like I don't know. I usually talk to people in their 30s and they're always like, Nintendo was my first. And I'm like, yeah, that was like the first at home thing. But that was for my, you sister. To start, my, my sister. My sister was. Start on a PC, like that was also my start. Like I had the Nintendo stuff, but Me like too. Yeah. edutainment computer games on CD ROM. 
Yep. That was it. And arcade games when my parents decided to get us more just fun ones. Yep. And my dad and like my dad was like I said, total nerd. And he, you know, he he was a businessman. So he we he had good income. And, you know, because fucking computers and games and shit back then were not, that shit was not cheap. No, that, like me playing an edutainment game was that was not cheap. And that computer that I was on was like at the time a very top. I did not know it, but it was Absolutely a very top not. of the line computer for that day. And like yeah. my dad had a laptop that could play video games on it and that thing was what? this fucking thick it what? was a it was a brick that thing could kill you <laughs> if it hit you and but like yeah he, we, we played sim city 4 on there we played sims on there um and so like i, I had tech that you know was able mm -hmm. to play like high quality games really really young and i also like would watch my dad play um like super mario 64 uh mario 64 and uh you know legend of zelda he had a guidebook <laughs> that i remember would look through all the time as a kid Aww. um i i there was a game that gave me nightmares for years upon years which was called house of the dead on the second dreamcast which yes. is one of those games where you shoot the guns at the screen it's like reload shoot yes. outside of the screen <laughs> Yeah, one of those. Um, yeah. That shit gave me. I watched my dad play that with um, one of his friends, and that shit gave me nightmares for years and years and years. I did not become brave enough to play until uh, like, I play that game and beat it till I was eleven, and Amazing. I did. And I became Amazing. like, oh, I have a whole other story about that. But yeah, I've been. I had been playing for like a really long time. I am true Gramer Grill. Gramer Grill. I love yeah. that. <laughs> so what? Uh, so now, what are your favorite kinds of games? Um, so uh, honestly, I am, <laughs> uh, I call myself a refined gamer because I don't really <laughs> like to buy a lot of games anymore. I have like my couple that I like, I fucking stick with. So mm -hmm. I have been playing Civilization since, since Civ 3. I played, Civ okay. 3 was the first Civ I played because um, my dad had it and I would go downstairs and watch my dad. I, that Aww. I was probably like five, six years old. I, I think it was like six or seven. And I, because he would just be up really late. And I would go downstairs and I would see him at the computer and I would like go up to him and be like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm playing a game. I was like, can I play? He's like, no, but you can watch. <laughs> and so I would sit on the floor because he had a, he was in his computer chair and I would sit on the floor looking up at the, at the screen. That's how small I was. And I would just watch him play. So I, I've been playing civil, that's the civilization franchise uh, since, since three. Um, so I've mm -hmm. played, you know, three, four, five and six, of course. Uh, I was actually pro competitive in five for a while. That was when Ooh, I was in high school. I was so cool. I, I'm brutal. Don't play against me. I, um, I have like probably <laughs> over like 28,000 hours in like four alone, not to even mention Damn. like 60,000 hours in five. Like I have spent way, way too much time. It's all that wow. I used to play. And, and don't even get me started on the Sims because the Sims, I, I would say that while I did play Civilization, yes, I, I was more active with the Sims because I had been playing the Sims since I was like four. Um, mm -hmm. And so I played The Sims, The Sims 1, The Sims 2. I remember my computer was too shit to run The Sims 2. So my dad <laughs> had to help me at the time put like more RAM into my computer so I could run it without the whole thing blowing up. Um, oh and then uh, later on, Sims 3. I, I don't play The Sims 4, though. I fucking hate The Sims 4. So I, I stick with 2 <laughs> and 3 now. Um, and I also play, um, I used to play a lot of Call of Duty when I was growing up. I don't anymore, but in its place, kind of like um, uh, one of those like team shooters, not Overwatch, but it's actually called paladins i've hmm. been playing paladins since the beta in uh 2016 so i've been playing this game for six years and i uh recently actually only in the last two months found a guild and it was by chance because like they Aww. were like hey 
I, I, I messaged this dude, because that's the thing, I've been playing solo, which means I've been going into solo matches and trying to work a team in a so by myself, like four people, who five people who've never played together, trying to work on a team every time. And yeah. it's, it's brutal, Um, but I'm really good. <laughs> and I, to the point where when I joined this guild, they were like, you're a beta player? I'm like, yes. I'm a beta player. And they're like, I've been oh, here since fuck. before you were born. Because like, there's like, there's like no beta players left. There's a very, very small amount of, of beta players left. And so it's like, I am a beta player and I'm, I'm a sniper too, which is also exceedingly rare. And You're I get cryptid. on the- you I are a the, cryptid. <laughs> I get on the games and they're like, they're like, all right, Rocky, pull out your Knessa. And I'm like, all right. And the best is that like, I get really quiet when I play. I get quiet and I just cackle. Like I'll I'll shoot somebody across the fucking map or like 360 scope them across the map and be like, nah! and my guild members are like, damn, bro, what would we do without you? Oh my God. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sniper damage and a healer. Uh, that's my, my preferred class. But yeah, so I, I really only play like three major games, which is Paladin, Civilization and The Sims. But I do also play, um, I'm playing Kingdom Hearts 3 right now, actually. I bought it mm -hmm. like a couple of days ago and I've been playing, I used to play Kingdom Hearts all throughout like middle school, high school. My parents bought it for my sister, but my sister was one of those girls that like thought she would like video games. And no, did not. She did not. No. I did. I did, though. I loved the video game. So I basically became the owner of all of the systems that my parents bought yes. her, like the PS2 <laughs> and stuff like that. And then later on, all the systems that would later be bought were for me. <laughs> Love that. So I'm going to I'm going to shift gears a little bit. What was a gaming experience that was really significant to you? And why was that like so important? Well, I mean, arguably my the most significant gaming experience would probably be the first time I LARPed um, fundamentally. Mm -hmm. You know, I, as much as I love like video games, like I, I, it was just, I just liked doing them. It wasn't something that I just, it was just my thing, right? Like mm -hmm. I just played games. I had played games for as long as I could remember. So it was yeah. just that thing I did and I liked to do it. But LARP, LARP fundamentally like changed me. It changed me. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know who the fuck I am without it. It, it was literally the most formative years of my life without yeah. LARP. I would not be me. Uh, and I, I don't even know who I would be, frankly, I don't. And so, um, you know, going to my first LARP and, and really doing it. Cause I, even back then I had the whole, like, oh, I'm going to go, there's going to be only guys and they're all going to be like, <laughs> you know, ugly and creepy and, Oh no, I could the not stereotypes. Have been. I could not have been more wrong. I mean, I was very lucky because the LARP that I went to was um, at the time the cutting edge top of the line in the United States, period, bar none. Um, it was the first LARP in the area on the East Coast where LARP is mostly a thing that developed on the East Coast and in the U.S. and disseminated outwards on the U.S. Mm -hmm. So like the West, each each sector of the U.S. has their own pros and cons when it comes to their type of LARP. But the East has the best well-rounded games because it's the longest developed community mm. um it, the settings like the the actual like places where we can go larp may not be as fancy as what they have out in the west but bar <laughs> yeah. none we have the best game design here in the east um and i'm not saying that because i'm here i'm saying that because i've traveled this country and i've traveled i've traveled this world and in the u.s the east is where it's at not new england just the east <laughs> um <laughs> and so when i went i was so shocked I was so shocked because uh, my first event wasn't a regular LARP event. It was actually a ball. And oh. it was um, it because uh, Sandy had happened. Uh, Hurricane Sandy had happened. And I was supposed to go in um, October, November, but I couldn't because of Sandy. And we were, and so the first event that was post Sandy was a ball on, in upstate New York. 
And um, it was like, the, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but it was like the big formal, like all characters. There was no mm. fighting, no combat. It was formal. Everybody was there and you just role played. And so I went there and I'll never forget walking because it was at um, it was at a place called Moresca. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moresca Hall up in uh, it's kind of by the rent fair in uh, up, uh, upstate New York. Okay. I will never forget the moment I walked in there and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I still had to sit there and make my character sheet and and whatever because this is back in the day where we actually had like real character sheets that had like your name and your points listed and your skills listed and you had to like the sheet and there would be time boxes where you'd have to write the skill that you used and have it checked by your marshal and like this is like real old school shit they don't even do it like this anymore (laughs) Um, but like yeah like it was just magic It, it was just magic and and you know that i would say that my first time larping and then i would say the other fundamentally like shifting event was also a larp but it was many years later um i went to a game called college of wizardry because like college of wizardry was my first international game so i Mm. was about i was 20 years old when i went that it taught it showed me because the europeans are on a whole were at least at the time i would say here in america certain places are actually to me getting on par with europe (laughs) but um back then it was like it, it was so mind blowing the way that they played and the way that they that the way that they larped and it showed me a lot about myself because up until that point I, I hadn't realized that I had made all my every single character up until the, I was twenty years old unconsciously made them mixed raced every single one oh. even fantasy races my first larp character that I ever made Alicia Dura who I'm playing at Dragon Fest this year she I asked the staff if I could make her half elf half human and they were like uh we don't we don't have like mixed races like that they're like you have to pick to be one or the other i was like okay well i want to be human but since my mom's an elf can i have white hair and they're like all right yeah like that's fine wow. and and like every character i had ever made my character dexter so there was um in dystopia rising there was a class called remnant and a remnant was basically mutation of the mutation and so i was a child of two remnants which is never supposed to fucking happen ever and i was remnant of a remnant which is really what i am in reality that's what i am in real life i am a mix of a mix of a mix of a mix all the last seven generations of my family are all as far as we can trace back in history completely mixed race i have i'm one percent japanese the weeb is from somewhere like (laughs) i i am everything on this earth and so um going to an event because this is this is the thing that shook me was that if you wanted to be in a house you were uh your wizard house each wizard house had a european uh, ethnicity tacked onto it right so i wanted to be part of labuso which was based off of like polish ideology and identity and stuff like that was the coolest house in my opinion and the and and the lark took place in poland so like um (laughs) but when i realized i was like hi can i make my character backstory mixed race and they were like well why would you do that and i was like like literally just why yeah that's insane and i was like and that it was like another shatter not not a shattering moment in a negative way because it made me look internal where i was like yeah why why would i okay but also why would they prevent you from doing that they they didn't they didn't um it was just like (laughs) for them it was just like the we've never had anybody fucking ask that before because remember person of color in a space of mostly white people right right you know and so it's like they were just like well why would you why would you want to do that? Like, we're okay, but like, why? And that's when I was like, why? <laughs> uh, because this is how I exist as a person in my uh, real life. Like, well, is that? But, but then, but then, 
Well, then it gets into the question for me of like, okay, well, why was I so, what, what about my own identity was I subconsciously trying to explore and express? Because that was the thing. It was all subconscious. I did not make the, that was the first LARP. I made the conscious decision to make them mix. And so it was like, then all of a sudden I started to like, and it planted that seed and it started to make me think about like, what about my identity was I currently using LARP to try to express? What was I trying what why because i could have just played characters that weren't and and nowadays i do i play characters that are just like whatever like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be tied to my actual out of game identity that i mixed anymore like i i've separate like it's not necessary for me to feel seen because i think that's what i was doing i wanted to I, I don't know it's so strange looking back on it now because like it was yeah. so subconscious that i didn't know that i was doing it and then all of a sudden i did um and it, it fundamentally changed how i approached larp from from then on out and like that LARP, that european larp experience changed how i what i thought larp here in the us could be and that's what made me go oh my god i can make this better because i started at that age that's when i really my networking ability really started to like take off and my career really started to take off and um in this is like 20 16. So like all it that was at the time where the Euro- European and American LARP designers were just starting to talk. So a lot of um, European uh, techniques and ideals were migrating over to the US and improving the LARP space in that way. Yeah. And this is when I realized like, I was like, Oh, we can, this is different. Like, <laughs> it's not just a game. Yeah. This is art. So like I would say those are the two like major um like life changing like, like turning points for like you. turning points yeah both yeah. involving LARP what a surprise <laughs> oh no I'm shocked I'm shocked games are important <laughs> <laughs> so all right uh well thanks so much for sharing those stories with us because that was I mean honestly you're giving me stuff to think about too of just like my moments of realizing the things that I was projecting into my characters and like yep. how that's sort of shaped me as a person too so like. Thank you so much. That was awesome. (laughs) So we're going to cut to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about Raquel's journey into becoming the world's first professional LARPer. So um, stick around for that. But for now, stay tuned. (laughs) Hey, friends, have you always wanted to be a corporate sellout? Have I got the opportunity for you? Now you can buy my shirt, wear it to Friday Night Magic or your local Smash tournament, and dunk on everyone you know about how your podcasts are better than theirs. If you want to support my show, head over to bubblegumbitchcraft.etsy.com and load up that cart. Again, that's bubblegumbitchcraft.etsy.com so you can cover your shit in replay stickers and whatever else they come up with. (laughs) And hey... Thanks for playing. Hey, podcasters and content creators. Question for you. Are you reaching as many people as you want to? You invest time and money to produce the highest quality content you possibly can. But by creating content in only one language, you limit your reach to only the audiences who know that language. I want to introduce you to Victor Voice, a tool that can help you reach a bigger audience by creating audio in multiple languages. Victor Voice is a new subscription software that lets you transcribe, translate, and voice audio in multiple languages. It's easy to use, fast, and accurate. Go to www.victorvoice.co to sign up for your free trial today. No credit card required. That's victorvoice.co. Welcome back to Replay. We are here with Raquel Skellington, who is the world's first and only full-time professional LARPer. And... We're just going to jump right in talking about that. So, 
Okay. That's, first of all, Raquel, like, what does it mean to be a professional LARPer? Um, so I, I will make this a very distinct thing because there are professional LARP designers that like mm -hmm. people who make the LARPs that do it full time. I am not that. I play them for money. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. <laughs> I play LARPs and promote LARPs for money. Um, or I model for LARPs for money. Like I'll, I'll model in their like promo material or I'll, I'll talk about it online mm -hmm. or, or something like that. So that's, that's, that's what I am. I'm a professional player. And I also do um, like consulting within the industry. I do like sensitivity consulting. I've done uh, marketing plans for other LARPs and LARP companies. Oh, cool. Um, you know, like that, that's actually how I got involved with Drakenfest too. They they were like, hey, you're the only person on earth that knows any of this like you do. So um, help. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Sounds sure. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how, um, I mean, how did you get there? God, well, it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, you know, the idea, if you ever told me 10 years ago that this is what I would be doing full time, I, I truly would be like, yeah, nah, bro. <laughs> That's a fucking lie. <laughs> me? Okay, because like at the time too. So when I when I to give you the background, kind of like what led led up to this is like I used to play pretend a lot as a kid growing up, like oh, like yeah. pretend kitchens and toys and things like that. I mm -hmm. loved it, and I loved playing with like not dolls. I never played with like Barbies. I played with like my my parents were super cool, and they grew up in um. They, they, my dad was a hustle dancer, and he did a lot of disco. So like they were well versed in the queer scene. They did ball. Like you ever hear of the show Pose? Like the Net. ballroom scene. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, my, my parents were part of that in the seventies and eighties. Like <gasps> that was their space. So like you know they were around queer people like all their lives, and they're also you know people of color. So it was just like I don't know. When I was growing up, I was never. When I wanted to be Superman, my parents just let me be Superman with like the muscly chest and everything. If I wanted oh, to be, I love that. <laughs> if I wanted to be Peter Pan, like my favorite costume growing up was being Peter Pan between the ages of like three and six. I wanted to be Peter Pan three times in a row, not Tinkerbell, Peter Pan. And mm -hmm. um, my parents were just totally fine with that. If I wanted to play with boys' toys or whatever, because, you know, stuff in, like, the early 2000s was weirdly heavily gendered. I feel like it's yeah, yeah. Mo we've moved away from that now, but back then it definitely was. Like, Legos were coded as boys' toys and, like, mm -hmm. all that. I played with all of that stuff. So, like, uh, I think it allowed me to, like, get into this place where anything was possible. And then as I grew up, um, I kind of heard about cosplay and I went to, uh, before New York Comic Con was New York Comic Con, it was New York Anime Fest. And I went to that with my dad and I dressed as an original character that I had made up because I did not fucking understand that cosplay was <laughs> supposed to be an existing character. And so I was walking around, people were like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, I made her. And they're like, freak <laughs> um and i and i i did call i did cosplay and I, I got into it like properly uh i did like yuki cross and sealand from hetalia um and it was through that where i was like no this isn't what i want though this isn't what i want i want to make my own characters and then mm -hmm. what one of the comic cons um, there was a LARP booth there. And, and this is when like new york comic con has started to blow up a little bit and like whatever mm -hmm. um this was 2012 and there was a booth there for a LARP and that's when I was like, oh my God. Cause I had tried to look up LARP before, but this is again, at the time, barely anything on the internet yeah. whatever was on the internet was not accurate to what the scene was actually about at that time. Um, it was still really, really underground. Like it's still underground, but it is like, it was like in hell <laughs> underground. <laughs> so I, I couldn't find anything. So when I saw that there was this booth for a LARP, I was like, Oh my god, we have to go. So I, I all my friends were boys. Um, I never had many female friends growing up. Um, and 
I was like, oh my God, we got to go. We got to go. And my parents were like, okay, well, you know, all you guys want to go. And I know the boys will keep you safe. So like, yeah, okay, you guys can go. And my dad called and like, you know, was like, <laughs> is this a sex call? <laughs> <laughs> um, he called the owner, which I thought is hilarious. That oh my, dad, my God. My dad called the owner of this fucking alarm, which is hysterical to me because I, I know him now. Like I've known him for many years. And oh my like, God. It's so weird to think that my dad called him to be like, hold him at gunpoint. <laughs> is this okay for my daughter? <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly, and, he, and here's the real tea. My dad shouldn't have let me go at that age. Um, mm-hmm. To be very, very honest, um, LARPing at that young with, at the community the way it was at the time was not a good move. Um, it was so unsafe for me. It was so unsafe for the boys that were there. It, my boyfriend is three years younger than me. He started LARPing at like 13. It was so unsafe for him. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, it, it's not like that anymore. And, and if it, it like, it, it, like most LARPs are mostly 18 and up. And if they are, if the kids are allowed, there are super fucking strict rules or there are just LARPs that are just for kids with no Mm -hmm. adults like teenagers being allowed to go to a LARP without a parent with them all the time would literally never happen Mm -hmm. now it would just never fucking happen what was so like dangerous about it for the grooming lots of grooming Ah, Uh, tons of grooming um unfortunately both me and my boyfriend were victims of uh like he and and, and it's so horrific because it was the women for him it was older women that were in their mid-20s and early 30s that were trying to groom this 13 year old boy and i had men that were 10 years 15 years older than me trying to groom me so that when i was 18 that they could fuck me um and Jesus. A lot of those men, there's because you have to understand, I think a lot of people thought I would quit. I think a lot of people thought I would quit. And I think a lot of mm. people didn't think I would become who I am today. And holy shit, there are a lot of fucking people shaking in their boots about what they have done. I've had a lot of men try and grovel back to me now many years later being like, ha ha, you wouldn't, you wouldn't talk about that, would you? I'm like, I can literally just release these screenshots and ruin your fucking life because like, like what people did to me when I was a minor and also like the bullying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I I am the age of the people who bullied me when I in, in LARP when I was like 16. I could literally never imagine doing what they did or saying what they said to a fucking 16-year-old child at my age as a grown-ass woman at 25 years old. Oh, never, never in a million years would I ever fucking wow. say what they said. They were saying shit that I was like trying to sleep with the staff to get special items, that, you know, I was like fucking people, that, you know, like just this, this almost, that I was a slut. Like, again, mind you, 15, 16 years old, 16. 16 and stuff just insane insane shit and so like uh and, and you, i had women that were just the worst oh my god the most vile bullying i uh, mo- the, some of the most horrific bullying i've ever received in my life has actually been from white women um and it, it was just so bad it was and, like yeah. these are grown like these are grown adults like i could not ever like i i really i'm like damn no offense to the millennials out there y'all got fucked up <laughs> Y'all were fucked listen, up, man. Listen, listen, when I when I went to my very first LARP, and like I know this is kind of a side tangent, like it was run by people who were probably like Gen X, older millennial yep, type of so was situation, mine. and they, as much as I love them, and as much as I know that their intent was good, they didn't have that intentional like safe space sort of attitude at all. And so there were people there, like there was an older guy in that group that was trying to groom me, one of the other players at the time. I mean, I was over 18, but like nobody you know, believed still. me. They blamed me, though. So. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they fucking did. It's always the woman's fault. Well, that's the thing, too, is that like 
I wasn't just a woman. I was a black woman. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and so there was also tons of fetishization. It was just, oh my God. I, I, yeah. I, 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 <sighs> traumatic. So like, very traumatic, traumatic as fuck. <laughs> um, I almost quit, actually. Um, I, I had only been at my first LARP for a total of, I'm not joking, seven months. My first LARP that I played Alicia Durer at, I was at for seven months. And I, by month seven, I was going to quit LARPing forever. It was so bad. And I was so hurt because all I wanted to do was play the fucking game and everybody wanted to make all this issues and, 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 and treat me like shit when I was just there to play my fucking healer character. And at the time, I did not realize how groundbreaking my character was because she was a soft, feminine black woman that was a healer that was hyper femme innocent kind mm -hmm. and literally just did not have a a bad bone in her body uh that was the character i chose to play that i made prior to any there was again no guides on how to make a good character no guides mm -hmm. on what a character should be for larp she was my brainchild and yeah. i think about that now and i'm like oh no wonder it fucking pissed them off like that's so it's so obvious to me now but then it was just like why is everybody treating me like shit i'm just trying to play the game and like don't yeah. get me wrong there were people there that that did do their best to try and help me and protect me and 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 shield me from it but it was just oh the, that community and to this day that's that the game still runs it is a rotten fucking community always has been that's the thing with larp is that like if the community is bad there is nothing you can do it doesn't matter if you have the best mechanic the best story the best setting it does not matter if your community is shit your game will be shit um and so i almost quit mm -hmm. um and then uh i was 17 when i went to dystopia rising for the first time which was held at the same exact campsite as the other larp but on another weekend my uh one of my friends at the time he was like hey um I, I think you shouldn't quit. He's like, just try coming to Dystopia Rising. And at the time, the Dystopia Rising would also be later become its own. It, I've, it died. I've it's heard. It, it, <laughs> it lived long enough to see itself become the villain. Uh, but at the time, mm -hmm. it was the most progressive LARP space. Um, I was at game zero. So I was at the first Dystopia Rising. Oh, that's and, so cool. Uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an oldie. My character's still there. She's still in the system. I always, so like, this is personal for me. I always wanted to play Dystopia Rising. But by the time I found out it existed, all the communities I could figure out were like, not yeah not yeah. so i still have like i literally have the rule books for the tabletop and the larp version like on my bookshelf right now i just have never played it i would actually consider michael pucci the guy who created it actually one of my early mentors um he oh he, cool he took really good care of me and, and i know he's he's a very controversial person in the community but to me and the way pucci treated me i i wouldn't be here mm -hmm. without him I really wouldn't he because I, I used to have such a rough time kind of getting into the role play because it was a guy I was kind of like he was older and he was grooming me but I you know I didn't know what was going on but I was so mm -hmm. desperate and I was like I don't know why I, I I feel I hate this game like I'm not having fun I feel like I'm and he was like because you're not playing for yourself oh. he goes, you gotta I go you gotta play for you Rocky he goes and you gotta I go the people who want to play with you will come if you just play for you and you play Dexter and God bless you, Poochie. That was the best advice he ever gave me in my life. Aww. And, you know, and it's funny because all these people had known me since I was a kid. Like Poochie has known me since I was, I was 17 years old as a kid. And I played Dystopia Rising for five years. Um, that was wow. my home game. I did not play another LARP. I just went to Dystopia Rising for five 
years. Wow. Um, 17, 18, 19, 20. It wasn't until I was 21, 20 going on 21. Uh, that's when I went to College of Wizardry. That was my first international game. That was my first non-Dystopia Rising LARP game in five years. Wow. And, you know, I had become very noticeable in the Dystopia Rising community. Like people knew who I was. And the thing was, is that at that time, um, between in those five years was probably Dystopia Rising's peak. It was the peak of mm -hmm. their of their LARP stuff. It's never reached back to where it was after that peak. And that peak was uh, 2013 to like 2016 ish. Those three years was like the absolute peak of Dystopia Rising. And um, 20, 2017 maybe even um and they would have these events where they had these national events where every chapter dystopia rising would come to game zero they would come to new jersey and i i, I got very I, I was considered the best field medic in the game um because i was super fast i i'm a sprinter and so like i i literally just didn't build i didn't do anything with that character but feel I was a sawbones and that was it. <laughs> I only did that. And people would be like, well, why don't you get this skill, that skill? I was like, because my character doesn't fucking want to. And, and the thing is with dystopia is if you are around long enough, people just think you're like super fucking OP. Even if you're not, people are just like, that's Dexter. She's, cause, cause I've been around for like five years. So you're a like, legend. Oh, oh my God, she's a legend. Meanwhile, I have 10 body. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I am gonna die if you touch me, but yeah, that's okay, just don't. <laughs> anybody could use any skill and I'd be fucked. I would be so obliterated, but nobody would because they were so petrified of me. And most of the monsters couldn't catch me because I was so fast. So like, look at you. <laughs> that's when like my, I know I started to notice like my popularity in, in the community kind of taking off. I started to get known around the country through Dystopia Rising. Um, and I had an Instagram at the time and I would just I would just post photos. At the time, I started to model uh, and I modeled because of LARP. I, I started LARPing at, like I said, I, I was like 15 going on 16. And mm -hmm. uh, so I was 16 and I would go and the photographer was like, hey, you're actually a natural. You should really consider doing this. And I was like, me? Oh, no, I'm ugly. No, I'm not going to model. Ew. But I um, I kept getting asked to model and I said, no, no, no. And there was this guy that I was dating at the time. I was kind of like seeing him. He was also a creep. I shouldn't have been seeing him. He was like seven years older than me. But like I was just about to turn 18 and he bought me a photo shoot and I came home and it was in like a gym area and mm -hmm. I took those shots and I did corsetry. I had been wearing corsets since I was like 13 because I have a sway back and I'd always been obsessed with corsets. So by the time I was 18, I could cinch to an 18 waist. I had a 24 inch waist that I could cinch to 18, easy, easy peasy. What? And um, those photos actually went viral. Um, and I got picked up by the Daily Mail. Uh, you could still look up, if you Google me, You the one of the first fucking things that comes up is this stupid Daily Mail article with my corsets. And it's like, <gasps> woman singes her waist down to an outrageous 18 inches <laughs> and her boyfriend still finds her attractive. And it was just like, oh my God. <laughs> and, and, and that was like all over Snapchat. And then the Daily Mail called me and they were like, hey, this article is performing really well. We want to sell it to our partner. So then this this article went everywhere in the world. Like there are, you can find it in, in like, Arabic, you can find it in Chinese, Japanese, like it was, it was like, it was, they poured it to all of those like shitty kind of, like, okay, yeah. places. And that's when I started to get an Instagram following. You have to understand like having 2K followers for LARP back in like 2016 was just, that was like, holy shit, you're mm -hmm. huge. Not even like by the time I hit 5K 
in like 2017 people were like oh my oh my god like it was because it, like, for such a tiny niche community that is like that is a curated base of yeah. people and that that just i didn't do anything else but larp i i did some lolita stuff here and there for modeling but like mm -hmm. my content was just larp and I, I was just posting it because i was like oh i'm going to the larp today ha ha and yeah. i would like post drawings of my characters all this stuff has been archived because it was just too personal and like i would never i have a career now and yeah <laughs> and um i started to really get this following and then when i went to europe that only increased because my reach with people only increased because i got to go and meet people yeah uh, by the time i was 19 i go away on 20 like that age that in between like i was just about to turn 20. Mm -hmm. i did not realize how many eyes were on me um i had no idea frankly because like you mm -hmm. don't know how to fucking conceptualize anything like that oh yeah um so i would say the the big switch was 2016 where i had a company because i had been mo so i modeled separately from larp so actually okay. i was a huge model in um the chi i actually did a lot of chinese lolita stuff and then i did a lot of stuff in the horror scene so mm. um where i'm from in new york there there was a massive horror scene so i did a lot of horror modeling stuff and just like general alternative fashion steampunk all of that mm -hmm. and one day i get a call and it was these guys that were running the slarp out in pennsylvania and they were like hey we know you're a model you have phenomenal costumes because that was also the thing i was known for i was known for like good costuming mm -hmm. um and they were like we want you to be our model for our promo images and our trailer and i was like okay and that was the moment where the modeling and the larp crossed and it never uncrossed after that day and never on because like once i did that because they, they gave me a free ticket to the game uh they put me in all of their advertisements and that larp got very popular there was like 230 people that went and so all of a sudden people were like oh my god you're the girl from the ad like blah 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 and it like and then the the larp runners unfortunately these the guys who ran this game were very unethical they didn't pay people like they should have they didn't pay me there was a lot of fucked up shit happened with them yeah um but the writers that got burned from those LARP runners were like, hey, we're going to make our own company and our own games, and we want you to do the same thing that you did for these guys with us. We'll pay for your travel, we'll pay for your ticket. Because you have to understand, there's not, mm -hmm. if you're in, if you're in LARP for money, you're in the wrong fucking industry. <laughs> there is <laughs> yes. no money here. Um, none. So then I went to another game that I was like hired for. And at the time, I was still paying to go to my own LARPs. Like I went to Fairweather Manor that year um, in 2017. And I, I went, I paid for that. That was like a huge trip. That was my big gift to myself for my 21st birthday. Mm -hmm. And um, I just kept going to these, to more and more games. And then eventually um, shit really picked up in 2018. There was this casting call for, at the time this company is now defunct, but it was called Chillback LARP Studios. They were the biggest LARP company in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and they were like, th they were the closest company to this point that I ever ever got close enough to kiss mainstream and i mean like they had they were in talks with like warner brothers for wow. like licenses for real larps like rest in peace choback they they flew too close to the sun but Man. um yeah the, the owner was like a total fucking creep and mm, of course yeah it's we hate to see it we hate <laughs> to see it but um i there was this casting call that was like oh we're looking for npcs for this event blah 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 blah, blah. i just i i was just like you know what i'm just gonna apply like what 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 harm could it do right and then i get to go to europe how fun right i applied a day later i get an email that's like the director of the entire thing wants to speak with you and i was like um yes okay i was like am i an npc they're like no no no. they want to speak to you for the lead role and i was like 
what? <laughs> well, 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 shit. Well, shit. Um, and, and, and I didn't know it, but what the casting call was for what would, would, was a corporate LARP. So um, a lot of the big companies, what, how they make money is that um, the, the Fortune 500 tech companies like Google or you know Microsoft or whatever, they hire LARP companies to make LARPs to help their employees with team building and empathy skills. They use yeah. LARP as a teaching tool. So this was a corporate LARP. So it was a fuck ton of money behind it, like a fuck ton. I walked away from that with like six grand. Wow. Um, yeah, for, for my first like ever, that was like my true first professional gig. Um, and I, and I, it was six grand and they flew me to Sweden. They paid for everything. They paid oh, for wow. my flight there and back. I didn't pay for a fucking stitch. Anything that I did pay for, I had to send them the receipt so they could send me the money back. Like it was a super professional environment. Um, they sent me for a week to Sweden because we had to like film all of the materials that would be used in the LARP. It was like a movie studio. I had to read lines, which I am not an actress. I'm a LARPer. So that shit was stressful because I can't, <laughs> I can't read lines or memorize lines. You're I'm like, an improver. If it, if it comes out of my head, it's fine. But you put it on a piece of paper. Fuck yeah, that. Oh, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> yes, and, yes. and so we had to like film uh, this thing that was so fucking crazy. And then I was home and like, this is what I mean, where it was like, oh, it's it's taking off like faster than I know what to do. Um, I was working at Microsoft at the time. So I had Microsoft money at like, you know, from the ages of 18 to like 21, which is like, who thought Crazy. it was okay to give me that much power? And <laughs> right. so I, I had a lot of money to like do shit with. And so I my costuming just kept getting better. I was able to like, even if, even if a company was uh, paying for my or like covering my ticket and my accommodations, I still had to pay for the airline ticket, but I could do it. It wasn't a big deal. And mm -hmm. so um, I basically got invited to this LARP in Chicago. So it was like, I went to Sweden. I, I dropped out of school, mind you. Like I, wow. I I did this interview for this guy and I had to send a demo reel where I like filmed myself talking like, hi, my name is Raquel Skellington. This is what I do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I get a call and then they're like, we have to fly you out in two days. You do it. And I was like, in my head, I was like, no. <laughs> yes um and oh I, I quit my job um i got my dad's signature to drop out of the school for the semester and i just fucking went and at the time me and my dad had to fight about it uh, and it's funny because recently my mother told me oh yeah i know you and your dad got a tiff or tap but he goes when but he came back into the bedroom and we were talking about it he goes how could i not let her go oh how, how could i not let her go and and he's right how, it would have been a fucking mistake not to have let me go but that that was also another major turning point because that's when i considered myself a pro because that's yeah. when i started to get paid and i started to get everything taken care of for me and i would just i would just i stayed probably uninterrupted like three and a half months in europe and what uh, yeah I, like i went to europe i came home went to the larp in chicago went back to europe and then i just stayed there um and then i came home in like may and then i went back in june and stayed there through june july um went back wow. home and then i came back again in um in that november like and i had larps all throughout i, I went to like 28 larps in that year of 2018. oh my god i were, went to canada were I, all of them paid um yes some yes some no some it was like a mutual because like that's the thing larp it, and it's still not there yet where like they it's we're at the point in the LARP industry where somebody like me can exist, which is a good sign. The fact that yes. somebody like me can exist is a good sign that LARP is a budding industry. Um, but it was not at the point yet where it was mm -hmm. like, oh, we can cover all of these things and pay you. The money gotcha. just wasn't there. So I, I, I was not functioning at a loss really gotcha, it gotcha. was like it was at like an even because like i was getting everything taken care of all my food and accommodation and my tickets taken care of but i would still have to like get my own costume 
You know right, what I mean? Right. Um, and I, my dad is well uh, versed in like business law and he taught me a lot of everything that I know about business and, you know, contracts. So I, I was writing my own contracts and things like that. Um, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> and like working with Choback at that time gave me, a, gave me a lot. That was like big deal. That was a big fucking deal in LARP. That was like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, and that's when like, that's like, that's like put me on the map. And when I got called and it was June, I get called to have a meeting with Choback in their office. And they're like, hey, we want to make you the face of this company. Yo. And I was like, what? And I was like, yeah, they're like, we'll pay for your tickets and competitions. And the guy's name, um, who was the COO at the time, um, his name was Olivier. He's a, he was a wonderful guy. I hope he, wherever he's doing now, I hope he's great. And, and I told him, I showed him everything that I did, how I did it. And he was like, wait a minute. He's like, these are your costumes that you like you've put together. I was like, yeah. He was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, 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 okay. He's like, originally, like you know, because we've talked to some other influencers. He's like, but you're the only one that clearly like gives a shit on this level. We'll be willing to pay for your costumes, and like <gasps> we'll we'll take care of all of that for you because like you clearly put so much. You clearly really fucking like this, and it, it would be remiss of us not to take care of you in that way if we want you to go to all these events. And I was like, I, uh, what, <laughs> what? Amazing. Um, yeah. And so this is where we get to the sad part of my career, where um, at this time, there were uh, a group of three influencers. At the time, they were all women. I think uh, one of them is, has now come out as a trans male. Um, mm -hmm. But they were getting exceedingly angrier that I was getting more and more positions in them. And the thing was, mm -hmm. is that I got paid. They hadn't gotten paid. That made them lose their oh my god that made yeah. them lose their fucking minds they literally wrote these articles on their patreons i was like oh larp uh, content people deserve to get paid blah, blah, blah. and i'm like dude i'm getting paid <laughs> like, i mean I'm, like they ain't oh. wrong everyone deserves to get paid but like yeah, your enemy you also, is not the person who made it first like <laughs> right, well these were, these these people were not they also weren't asking to be paid <laughs> they were just expecting right that these companies would just be like hand them thousands of dollars <laughs> like I, that, that was also yeah. the, the th and that's not how business works that's just not how business no, works no. you gotta like do business yeah. um and i did yeah. uh, you know my dad always like you know you know what you're worth like you make sure that this that and the other and because that was the thing before doing larp promotion i did modeling and i had to negotiate my own rates i knew how to fight for myself i knew how to mm -hmm. i knew how to construct my own contracts so bringing that into larp was really easy and i knew what i was worth and so i demanded to be paid it and they were like okay because <laughs> i also knew what the community could feasibly pay so i wasn't asking for thousands of dollars i was asking for like 400 600 bucks because i knew that's what mm -hmm. those communities could sustain that's maybe a couple of tickets that they could sustain and yeah. i and instead of just draining because that's also the difference between me and these other influencers they wanted to siphon that money i didn't i just wanted to take what i could do to co cover my my necessary needs mm -hmm. and that was it and or a costume and that was it um it would go right back into everything that i was doing it wasn't like sitting there on in profit and yeah. um and so that started that was a huge problem. Um, and mm -hmm. I started to notice I was getting like targeted, um, like targeted bullying online, but they were being very like vague about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but people would send me stuff and be like, I'm pretty sure they're saying this about you. And like, it started to get more and more threatening. Um, and there was a LARP uh, that was about Changeling. It was a licensed Changeling LARP. And mm -hmm. uh, Chobag had hired me to be the face of that LARP as well. Um, and funny enough, 
all things come full circle because the they were partnered with a U.S. company. And you want to know who was the owner of that U.S. company that they are partnered with? Please Michael, tell me. Michael Pucci. No, your first mentor. Yes. And ah. so they were, <laughs> Michael was like, ah, fuck those other people. Fuck those people. They're awful. I don't know who they are. And they, they're bullying this this person that I've known for many years since she was a child. <laughs> fuck oh my that. God. We're, they're like, no, no. Because they were they specifically were like, no, we want Raquel. No, we want Raquel. Fuck whatever stupid drama is going on. We want her. Good. Um, little did I know that was what put my head on the guillotine. And because um, LARP was a big deal. It was happening in Atlantic City. It was a big production. It was massive. And when the face, my face came out on the advertisements, <laughs> all hell broke loose. And and this is the thing is that like a lot of them had blocked me at this time because mm -hmm. And that was the thing, like our conversations were never anything like I have all the combos this day and it was just kind of us, them asking me questions or whatever. And then they just blocked me one day and I'm like, okay. So I just like, I just didn't give a shit. But little did I know they were all coming together behind the scenes in a hate chat to make a document about me. And they were trying to put pressure on Choback to stop working with me uh, because they were like, oh, well, if you, it, it's either us or her. And they went, her. And they <laughs> lost their minds even more so. Well, what are they going to do? I mean, they, they they had already hired you. Like, they already <laughs> had an established relationship with you. Like, I'm sorry. That's very naive of them to think that that, that kind of it's ultimatum also, it, would have done anything. It's also a very white entitlement thing to do because uh, they felt entitled to those positions and those jobs because they had been making content for a long time. And mm -hmm. they were like, well, why not? Why not? It should be me. Why is it her? Fuck her. Mm -hmm. And it, it was all, it's all, it's racism. It's just fucking racism. Um, what a surprise. <sighs> um, and so they started to bully Choback. And the thing was, is that one of the people involved had, and, and this has been proven in court, which is why I'm saying it this way. She had falsely accused uh, one of the Choback staff of assault. And okay. um, it was a big thing. At the time, nobody knew that it wasn't truth, but this, this person it was, they have a trail of bodies and communities behind them that they've destroyed. But um, <clears throat> this back when white women are inherently innocent and their word is law and they are believed. Um, just white women, though. Nobody else. And uh, mm -hmm. and she used that power. She abused that power. And um, so she this was a thing a couple of years ago, but she was trying to conflate that with me. So she'd be like, there's an actual, uh, you know, there's an abuser and, and Choback staff and blah, 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 blah. And so people were like, oh my God, did they rehire that person? How could they? So, but it was conflating because they were trying, she, the, the abuser that she was saying was, was me, but I'm not an abuser, but they, she was trying to use that as the pressure for Choback. And, and the internet <sighs> doesn't know, like, this person had like hundreds of thousands of followers. So like the internet doesn't know any fucking better. You think they're going to do research on a niche hobby? No, they're not going to fucking no, do that. No, absolutely not. So, uh, of course, so what she says is law. And she, uh, and a lot of these people like extorted these companies, bullied them. Um, and they bent, Choback bent. It was a huge fight because the, the, there was a Danish Choback and the Polish Choback and, you know, God bless the Polish team. They really, they were like, you can't do this to her. Like, cause I spent a lot of time in Poland with them. And mm -hmm. they're like, you can't fucking do this. So like, you have to stand by her. This is bullshit. You know what these people are doing. They're bullying us. You can't let, them. and the owner was a fucking coward and he bent the knee. And um, they took down the post of me and that emboldened them to post that document. And so 
the thing was is that I was flying to England to go to uh, a LARP. I had two LARPs in England. I was going to spend a total of three and a half weeks there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and and mind you, like I had, I was, I was dating a guy at the time. He was super abusive. We broke up in early 2018 and he, unfortunately, I don't really want to go into this on the show, but like he he had assaulted me and I had, there was like recordings of it, unfortunately. Um, and it was well known in the U.S. scene that this guy was a, an abuser. He had been put on a blacklist uh, because mm-hmm. there was and like the, the LARP people that were there were like, no, I, I saw the thing like that, 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 that's a thing that happened. Uh, this dude's <laughs> yeah. a piece of shit um, that they, the, the people in question that wrote this document because he was my ex and could give them dirt that they wanted, brought them into his into their friend group, even upon knowing that because there were multiple LARP writers that were like, don't, hey, we see you hanging out with this dude. Do you know oh that they did? They just didn't care. They just did not care. They just wanted to hurt me. And oh boy, they fucking did because they put my rapist in a limelight. The story just keeps getting worse. <laughs> yeah. And so we were oh going, my God. Um, it was well known what flight I was taking. Um, the flight number was up on my Twitter, it was up on my Facebook. And so they had tracked my flight and they posted this document while I was in the air. So I had no idea the hell that would befall me when I landed. And my phone went wild. It went wild. I, I, I was in England. I had just gotten off the plane. I didn't even make it to customs. I did not even make it to customs. And I get this call from the LARP runner. He's like, cause he was supposed to pick me up. The owners of the LARP were picking me up. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, hey, um, I'm sure you know what's going on. I'm like fucking crying. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And they're like, Raquel, we don't believe any of this is real, but these people that made this are at the SLARP and there are people here that want to hurt you. And you are going to be in danger if you come to the SLARP. Oh my God. They go, we are so sorry, but we can't in good conscience have you attend. They go, we will pay for any accommodation that you need we will pay for your flight home, but you can't, you, you can't come here. You will be in danger. Oh my God. And I just, I was like, I need to call my dad. I was like, I'm in bawling tears. I was like, I'm really sorry. I need to call you back. I need to call my father. And I call my father. I am, he, he my dad was like, I'm so glad you called me. He was like, that was the right move, baby. I get him on a three-way with the owner of the LARP, me and my dad, my, they hash it out, whatever needs to be done. And I'm having a, my, I, my world is spinning. Oh uh, every, God. I am getting death threats. I am having people to tell me, go lynch myself. Like it just, just the fucking there are people attacking my family me my sister like just my friends like it it is the most violent because you have to understand these people did not make this document because they, they, they claimed at the time that like oh they were trying to protect the community from an abuser but they didn't actually want me to stop larping they just wanted me in quote take a time out because I was their fucking competition. I was a threat to them. They felt that I was taking their positions. And the document is still out there for today. I, I get questions about it all the time. People always bring it up. Uh, what many people don't know is that there's actually a counter document because their document is filled with hearsay and many people have retracted their statements from it. But, um, and this yeah. is the thing is that this is before BLM. So it's easy that there were plenty p- people who wanted to hate me or I, I, there was no there was no dirt on me at the community at that time. I had no track record. I had never been mm-hmm. banned from LARPs. I was always I did my best to be a team player. Nobody really had anything on me. So people who wanted to hate me just didn't have anything to latch onto. Mm-hmm. This gave them something to latch onto, regardless if it was filled with bullshit or not, which it was. And 
everybody knew that but like this again you know it's it's a mm-hmm. black woman against three white people with massive followings who wins and yeah. um i I almost killed myself in a hotel room um, because I was staying in the UK and they only had these like capsule hotels where you would just like go into this little room, no windows. I had friends and family that were going to try and meet me in the airport in England, but like it was just too expensive. Nobody could do it because um, I was stuck there for two days. Wow. Two days by myself in an airport. Dealing with this bullshit. Dealing with my life crumbling before my eyes. And I, I, I just, it was just people who I thought were people that I, I could care for and, and just the most horrific racial like I can't even I can't even begin to tell you the shit that I got and and mm-hmm. and, and the and that's also what like you know it, it was all very ro- racially motivated but it just wow the shit yeah. that I got in my dms just woo-wee and emails yeah. and everything it was just really bad um and to the LARP community's credit they fucking went to bat for me, man. They went to yeah. fucking bat and people, all, hundreds of people came out. were like, this is not fucking true. I've LARPed with her since she was like 15. This has never happened. Or people being like, hey, that thing that you wrote in the document, I was there. That didn't happen this way. This is the what happened. And then like people corroborating that and like being like, this is bullshit. This didn't happen. Or like, yes, this happened, but not the way that you're saying that it happened. Or like, hey, I have these screenshots about this. This isn't true. And I had screenshots because I think they thought that because they blocked me that I wouldn't that, have access to the, <laughs> I wouldn't have access to the chat because like mm-hmm. you know when you block somebody the chat disappears all you have to do is reverse search it and you can find it oh like, yeah and I'm a yeah. techie yeah I think these people didn't think about that because I made a response that had all the messages that completely debunked literally everything good um, and but I only sent it internally and I basically just I stayed quiet and I took the hit. I, I made an apology a couple of weeks after. Not, not an apology, but an acknowledgement where it was like, hey, I, I don't believe bullying is acceptable in this community. Like, I've never, that apology is still up to this fucking day. I've never taken that shit down. You can mm-hmm. still look it up. Uh, and I was just like, hey, I didn't fucking do these things, but like, I don't, I, I don't condone bullying of any type in this community. I don't condone body shaming. Like, I don't, I don't do that. Um, and meanwhile, like, no one's, questioning them like hey don't you have like a rapist in your youtube videos <laughs> like nobody's saying anything like it is so interesting because if you actually cross-reference all of the things that they mention on my feed mm-hmm. on my content on my facebook a lot of their stuff just naturally doesn't match up yeah. but like that wasn't the point that wasn't the point it wasn't a character assassination to get me to stop and it didn't um while i was in in the airport crying my eyes out because you have to understand like i had to go up to the ticket guy i'm the you know yeah. thank you very much um uh british airways because they were very nice because they clearly were like oh something must be very like, very 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 wrong because i got off the plane mm-hmm. and i immediately went to the desk to get a plane back home and they were like okay usually that doesn't happen unless something's really wrong so whatever it is girl i really hope you're okay and like Aww. i had people comforting me i had this older woman i was just sitting on the floor crying in the english oh. airport and people were just coming up to me and like trying to console me and they were like i don't know what's going on but i hope you're okay and i get a call and he's he's uh not with us anymore but his name was sebastian he was the owner and runner of sunfall larp mm-hmm. he calls me he goes hey i saw this bullshit on the internet <laughs> oh, he's like fuck that he's like i'm as of right now you're hired for all of my events for the rest of this year and next year fuck that we don't do that here fuck that fuck them and i was like did i just get 
job. <laughs> and I'm like, in my, like, ugly crying face puffy. And they're like, no, we don't do that here. Fuck that. And, you know, there were a couple other companies that like this was the thing, though, is that they were there was all the companies at the time were so scared of them. They were so scared of them that none of them, even though they said that they would or they could, none of them made a statement. The, there was only two companies, there were three, there was three companies that really backed me by action. That was Sunfall and, um, you know, I went to Jackalope LARP's uh, Night in mm -hmm. Question and I went, and, you know, and everybody was like, well, we're going to monitor her. If she's going to come to LARP, we'll have people monitoring her behavior. And if it's so bad, as everyone says, we'll just kick her out. Well, we. I, it's not Nothing that complicated. <laughs> oh my God. Nothing I'm glad happened. That, I'm glad that like there were some companies that stepped up to back you because this is, I mean, it's the same story that you hear all the time, right? That's why yep. like people talk about like performative pride and like performative BLM and like all of these companies, like big corporations that are saying, hey, we have this like corporate like responsibility to the societies around us or to the planet or to like whatever it is. But it's like, do you really put your money where your mouth is? Yep. And at the end of the day, I am, this is coming at you from a person with a business degree. At the end of the day, I am convinced that most corporations only do that because consumers look at them. And if you're like, you're not doing the bare minimum, they're going to stop spending money on your yes, company. No, that's and true. it's literally just for the perception. It's not really because it's authentic yep. and they care about it. So I'm, I'm really glad that like you found, or I guess they found you, but these companies like were actually willing to back you. Yep. And, and, there, and there were still some that were like, hey, you know, we don't believe any of this, but like we are just not going to work with you for the time being because we're just we're really frankly, well, they were scared of them. They, were, they just, were afraid of the negative media publicity. Yeah. I mean, they were just and you have to understand these people had like I had maybe a tiny itty bitty for I hadn't even hit 10K on Instagram. I had a tiny I mean, the smallest fraction of their following. And they felt it was so necessary to try and stop me to dust. Well, you know, you know, it's terrifying when you've been in a space and you feel like you're hot shit and you feel like you had to work to be there or whatever. Oh, but they did someone... They had only started LARPing in the last two to three years. <laughs> see, see, my entire case falls apart. I was going to say it's at least like it's not it's fucked up and it's not right. But what I see I have been, so I was often, the longest one LARPing out of any of them. <laughs> what I see so often, especially in like gaming communities, because we are used to being the people that are shoved aside regardless of, you know, like 70s, 80s, it wasn't cool to be a gamer. It wasn't. You were yep. a big fucking nerd and people gar bullied you and treated you like garbage. Well, now, rather than it being, you know, white people or whatever that are the new like threat to this community or whatever it's oh no now there are people of color and gay people and like people that are you and know minority of color <laughs> and gay and women of holy shit oh, there's women no. of color what gay women of color so this is too much but you know that that's that's really literally like they feel so threatened because yes. they're like, no, this was my safe space. And now I, you're different from me and you're in my safe space. I mean, and, that's and, and literally... it's also like the white entitlement of like, well, I've been doing it. Why didn't I get it? Why is she getting it? She's only getting it because she's black. You know, uh, she doesn't have talent. Yeah. She's just black. And like, st like stuff like that, like really. And, and honestly, the, this type of um, tactic of character assassination is v is very common. It mm -hmm. is very prevalent. Um, it is well documented that this is like a thing that white people in uh, entitled white people that are threatened by people of color do. It happened to my father in the 80s in the in the business world. It happened to mm -hmm. my grandpa in the 60s and 70s. He actually won an Emmy for his camera work for ABC Studios. Uh, but boy, oh boy, it was not easy for him to get there. It was yeah, I bet. it was it was really he was one of the first black cameramen that uh, Disney ever had. 
and for like their shows for like abc studios and um it was brutal they were fucking awful to him yeah awful and it, and, it, and it, unfortunately it happened to me too i don't think it would it could what happened to me then in 2018 would never happen now it could never happen now but it happened at the peak of like cancel culture and so mm -hmm. i got canceled um for being black in larp <laughs> and being uh, and I, not, not just black i was a successful person of color in LARP. I was a, a very a known successful person of color in LARP and they mm -hmm. just couldn't stand it. Um, you know, many people who had taken part in that document have actually come to me and apologized. We're like, hey, I'm, I should have never have done that. I'm so sorry. Good. I, 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 I was pressured into it or I was in this group and I, you know, it was just, you're with us or you're against us and I should have never have done that. And I highly regret my, my, my things. Oh my God. Well, I'm glad at least, I'm glad at least, you know, some of them were able to grow from that and realize that yeah. they were wrong. Um, I'm also really sorry that you had to fucking deal with you any know what? of that. It, it was, in a way it was, it was truly, um, a blessing in disguise because, you know, it, it taught me it. That's what made me just rip off the mask, man, because like mm -hmm. I had really done my best to, to do right by my community, to not be a problematic person. And even then after everything that I did, still got shit so i was like you know what fuck it actually after that document a couple of months later i had made the decision to go natural with my hair i have never straightened my hair again since 2018 with a hot iron wow um i i never straightened my hair again i just completely i was just like fuck it man i was like well who the fuck was i trying to like it just mm -hmm. put a lot of things into perspective and this is again like before my brain was completely fully formed but like it it also gave me this moment where it was like well, the community still I'm I'm today right now. I am only here because the community trusts and believes in me, period. And and they and I'm here because the community knows who I am. I've been here long enough. You know, it's been mm -hmm. a decade I've been doing this. That's the thing. LARP is pretty good at self-policing. If you're shitty enough, <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll just kick they'll you just out. Kick you out. Yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> so and like that's the thing is that, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the influencers that did what they did, um, their downfall later came from them trying to pull the same thing on a different LARP company that did not take their shit and unfortunately they were obliterated by this company and the people that went there and there was like an article that was written about like their behavior it was just really bad and, and, a that, bitch. and that had nothing to do with me that was <laughs> I was had nothing to do with that and damn like, that's crazy damn that's crazy yeah and like you know it um I I started going to therapy in uh early 2020 um because I I was still dealing with because uh, I, I think a lot of the stuff that was traumatizing for me too was like the fact that my my rapist was constantly paraded by these people and people of their community were like oh they're such a great person even though like that the, I thought the most evil thing was that like they knew they knew mm -hmm. there was like there's there's a video like there's I, proof I'm really like the first place my mind goes with that is like how many other people were hurt because they were encouraging him to be part of the community again after he'd been blacklisted yeah like that to me is like you don't i don't he know that's evil, game. That's evil. Went, it was evil it was it was actually evil and that's what i said too i was like that's just i was like fuck like the drama for a second the petty shit like that that shit is evil and um he was going to some event in the west and the staff from the west was like wait a minute isn't this the guy? They're like, fuck, we didn't realize it was the guy because they with these these YouTubers, like I didn't we didn't realize. They're like, can we have the evidence? And I I did. I I forward because like the staff knew people I knew because I've been around for forever and I fucking yeah. know everybody. And so they were like, hey, can you give us the stuff? They did. The, the problem was is that like because 
that they they had already flown in the larp was going to happen like it, it was everything was too last minute to actually like boot him but they basically were like okay you can go he can come and he'll never he can never come back um and when that happened Hi. they tried to repost the document saying that i was still an abusive horrible person that was actively using my army of abusers to hurt people in larp when in fact it was uh, a larp company coming to me being like hey we don't want your rapist to come to this game <laughs> but uh we kind of fucked up and didn't double check that it was the guy Jesus. Um, I'm really sorry and I was like whatever and th and this was the thing is that like the people who knew me knew who I was and the people the, the LARPs and, and the communities mm -hmm. that I have touched that I was with they knew who I was and that is why I'm still because like my dad put it to me this way because I I you know I think my parents at first was like we should sue them we should we, we mm -hmm. know this isn't true we could prove it in court there are damages to be paid and I I sat there I was like no I was like it that will not work in the long run. In the kangaroo court of public opinion, I will still be shot. I was like, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do that, Dad. I was like, I gotta just, we gotta just weather the storm. And I, I, oh, I was so depressed. And my dad was like, listen, he's like, whether or not you did these things, Rock, he goes, the truth's gonna come out sooner or later. He goes, the truth will always come out sooner or later. So he's like, if you did this shit, you better fucking own up to it. And mm -hmm. I was like, I, I didn't. And he was like, okay, well, if you didn't, that will come to pass that you didn't and it didn't so here <laughs> we are um so it's been a wild a wild ride and yeah. um you know and, and it's and, and you know what's so funny is that so my boyfriend <laughs> so i went to this game damarung and i um damarung like the when i wanted to go like the staff was like oh my god raquel wants to come to the game <laughs> but like you know like some people were raising hell at the fact that i wanted to go to the fucking game and so they were like okay well you know one of the owners was like i'm gonna put her in a position where she's gonna have to interact with me and i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna look at her. i didn't know this i did not know this i just yeah. thought i was talking to the owner and being like i'm gonna make this character la 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 and <laughs> i had no idea that i like at yeah. each of these games that i was at i had no i truly had no idea that i was being monitored and um and they and they would do interviews exit interviews with people that i i played with to see if i had done anything or if i was inappropriate or i had been a selfish player whatever whatever and apparently every single interview that was given i had a glowing review oh and good the fun, and the funniest part was that so my my now my now boyfriend okay at the time was like we can't we can't allow her to come to this game have you seen that document we can't <laughs> she had this document it's so and so the owner was like oh okay God. okay if you're so worried why don't you look after her and so it was my second game. Oh it, my God. it was the Yule Ball, and I needed to find a baby daddy because my friend was going to come and play my daughter in the next season because it was like it's a game where like time passes. Yeah, yeah. And um, I invited. Uh, I need. I want my friend was going to play, and so I was like, "Fuck! I need. I need to get married. I need a. I need a baby daddy." And it ended up being him because uh, he his character was a prince. I was a princess, and we were unmarried. He was like. A Celt and I was uh, a, a Viking. Basically, I'm not going to go into terms, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we need to get married. And we started talking. And um, about two and a, three months after that, we started dating. We've been together for almost three years, and we're planning to get engaged. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. So at least happy endings. Oh, happy endings <laughs> all around. On. I mean, that, that tends to be the story around it, you know. And and I I got diagnosed with PTSD um, from mm -hmm. a, a therapist. I I have actually been seeing a specialist that helps people with PTSD because I had PTSD both from my assault and because unfortunately my assault and the situation that happened to me have mm -hmm. uh, they were kind of. Together. they were intertwined yeah. and so like i i went through i've now been going through um like 
two years of therapy for my PTSD, which I, I can now confidently say that I've I've been able to move on from both of the situations that happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and I, I can look back at them now with because um, and, and, I used to look back at them with rage. Yeah. But now I, I can just look back at it at like what it was, what it taught me, you know, how I mm-hmm. am as a person now. Do I wish I could have skipped the trauma? Yes. Yes. But like in the end, <laughs> I feel like I was a better person for, for what they did to me, actually, for what they all did to me. And like I and I know not every victim of abuse feels that way. And that's totally absolutely. Fine. But for mm-hmm. me as a survivor and for me as a survivor of both of a, a public attack, um, racially feel public attack and a, you know, an assault, this was it, you know now i because it, it comes up all the time it's some i can't divorce that act from my career like i can't yeah. divorce that document from my career actually it was a huge joke for a really long time where wherever i like did something stupid like i don't know like i spilled somebody's drink they'd be like add it to the document send the email add it add it uh, raquel skellington is or there was like one time where I, I misunderstood a rule in a board game and and i guess in a way raquel I, skellington is trying yeah, to cheat they're like, they're like, raquel skellington a known cheater and like they're like how dare like it, was, it used to be such a big a big joke and there was a moment where i finally looked at my friends and i was like you know what guys i think i'm ready to move on from those jokes they were like okay cool and that's it's been like it's been great good so you know that's not the story i expected you to tell but (laughs) here we are (laughs) again like that's how i became a a professional larper yeah like it was an accident i never sought it out and i you know there's this joke uh my boyfriend keeps telling me because he's a he's a massive commie and he's just like baby sometimes the best leaders in life are the ones who never wanted it and i'm like no <laughs> You're like, give back my influence. I don't want it anymore. No, no, but I mean, I mean, I, I would agree with that, right? Like, you want somebody who's authentically, you know, doing what they think is right and what they think is the best. Like, those are the kind of people you want in leadership. And like, that's in my mind, that's what you are, right? You like, you are the first. You're breaking ground. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it sounds like that feels like terrible, but like. <laughs> I think sometimes it is terrible. Like, I think sometimes it is really rough. Like, um, I, I have actually, so like, you know the the Hulk in Avengers where he's like, and they're like, what's your secret? And he's like, I'm, I'm always, always angry. angry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like for for me, I, I, I started boxing after the whole incident in like um, 20, 2019, I, I boxed and I, my, my, trainer would be like, Rocky, you look so mad, I, I, mad when you box. He's like, you look like you're trying to kill me. And he, and I was, I, I punched way too hard for my weight. Uh, I was a bantam weight, which is like 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I could punch three times the strength I should have for my size. And my trainer, Bill, would always just be like, you okay, Rock? And I'm like, yeah. Or like, we had this <laughs> dummy that I would hit with a bat. And mm-hmm. I would think of my ex when I did it. And I not I hit it so hard, I broke the torso. And my, my trainer was like, I would not want to be that guy. <laughs> and I, but I didn't think about it at the time. And I didn't think about what the, where that rage was from. Cause I just thought I was over it. I thought I was over everything, including my shitty ex. Like I was just like, oh, I'm fine. It was a year You're ago. You're never actually I'm over fine. it. I'm fine. <laughs> there's no problems with me. Yeah. Um, and I was just, you know, I actually don't box anymore because I felt like it was, um, it was opening a door that I was, uh, 
like this hyper violent door that I was scared of that I was like, mm -hmm. wow, I don't I don't want to express my rage this way. Like, yeah. this is scary because like my fight or flight, which used to just be flight turned into fight. I got to talk to somebody and I and I never hurt anybody. I was just boxing, but I just oh, yeah. didn't like I didn't like like the because I could feel it like you, I, you mm -hmm. just and, uh, mm -hmm. and the people of color who listen to this podcast will know the rage, the specific type of rage I'm speaking about. It is this hopeless void where you understand that you are in the second rung of humanity and that there is nothing you could do it doesn't matter how talented i am i will always be black it doesn't matter how famous i am i will always be black it doesn't matter how this or how that i could be the best person in the industry but there will always i will always be black and there is no escape from that hell and it is this rage that I have had to learn how to deal with because it's something that has been so forefront in my career, my entire career, both in modeling and in LARP, where it's just like, you know, even when, you know, thinking back to the document, it's like, I, I could, I was the best. I was the nicest. I could have been this, this, that, and the other. I'm still black. They still going to want to, they still going to want to treat you the way they want to treat you. And, you know, it's still a question whether or not I deserve to exist in the space. I'm, I, it's only, it's, it's only, I'm only one bad sneeze from being pushed out by white people who'd rather see me on, you know, a fucking, hanging from a fucking tree. You know, it's just, and it's this rage that I've learned to not accept and not bury, acknowledge that it's there and use it to fuel me to make the places i i am in and want to be in better places it's like there's no getting rid of it i've talked about yeah. it in therapy and like and literally me and my therapist my my licensed therapist who is a, a specialist in this shit, was just like well there's really nothing more that we can do besides society not being racist anymore really sorry to break <sighs> it to you kid and i'm yeah. like it's a uh yeah i i obviously can't relate specifically to that like particular kind of thing but it's this like systemic existential dread that i feel too about like <laughs> being a woman and being you know queer and like i remember when gay marriage was legalized at a national level very very acutely because we fucking fought for that shit. and like yeah i yeah <laughs> i'm honestly impressed and proud that you're able to work with that. Thank you. It took a long, it, it, it took time. That's so much. That it took is so a lot much. of time because it was a lot of time where I was afraid. I was afraid to go back. I was afraid to, because I was so scared about like, okay, well, I, I was, I, I said everything as delicately as, as I could and I still got attacked. So if I say everything the way I want to say it, doesn't that mean I'm just going to get fucked over? And thankfully to God, you know, I think BLM helped a lot. BLM mm -hmm. helped a lot because that Good. also made people, because that was like two years after it happened. And that mm -hmm. was when people started to look at it in retrospect. And people were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't this really racist? and targeting the only woman of color in the position is this well wasn't this is not good and so like a lot of people and a lot of companies like later came out and were like hey like blm or a lot of companies consulted me and were like how can we do better by mm -hmm. you or people like you like how what can we truly do good and um it's been my mission just to make i now thankfully have the power to bully larp companies that are racist um into being <laughs> not racist which is great um <laughs> oh my god yeah so i mean i want to ask you like what motivates you to keep going with this career i i won't lie to you there have been multiple moments even this year where i'm like i think i should just fucking quit and 
I think what motivates me is that like, like for instance, so for, for Drakenfest, um, I have uh, Lady Grail Studios is a, an upcoming dressmaker mm-hmm. and she is just, she's a woman and she came up to me and was like, hey, I know that whatever you wear, like, you know, people are going to want to know where you get it and would you help me out? And I'm like, yeah, because like, that's the thing. I, I, I don't, I don't, I do this for the art. And like, I want, if I can help lift other people, like my friends who do photography and art and get them the connections that they need, or if I can help another budding artist become successful. I'm right now I'm mentoring another black, um, like YouTuber, like influencer. Oh, they go, cool. they, they go by a uh, LARP ever after they were formerly called the LARP files. And like, I've been helping them her out and, and stuff like that because like, uh, cause she was a fan of mine that has now enough time has passed since she has followed me from when she was in like high school that mm-hmm. now she's graduated college. And so she now makes her own content and she has been following me since she was 16. And it's just like, oh, wow. Wow. Oh my, like it, it's moments like that where I'm like, God damn, that's what makes it all worth it. Or like, seeing companies be better you know and like Mm -hmm. thankfully um i think my career truly has never been better and i i'm very busy and i have a lot of companies that have the same ideas and and it's so funny because everybody knows who i am because i've been here for so long (laughs) and these and these companies are like hey yeah we know that thing that happened we thought that was bullshit too i'm really sorry they're like we just like didn't know who you were like we didn't like know you know you and we we didn't know the whole situation but like we saw it on the internet and like this that and the other and that shit seems sketchy as fuck and like now i'm like personal friends with all these company owners and they're just like wow that shit's crazy we're gonna make sure that never happens again and we're gonna make sure to put like you know people of color in the front of all of our shit and like get more involved with that because that's really important and like now for, for a lot of these sword companies like when you buy the weapon there's a tag on it my face is on that tag really yeah, yeah. Uh, how does that feel oh that shit's crazy <laughs> <laughs> that shit's crazy because like i i i've worked with kalamacil and atheist nemesis and you have to understand my first weapon i ever held at a larp was a kalamacil 10 years ago and then wow. to go to go there meet the designer of the sword that i held to pull, wow. pull the phone myself to meet <gasps> the people to make my own weapon Weapon, like to 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 have the experience and then for them to be like oh we're, we're your biggest fans is this like oh my god <laughs> never in a million fucking years did i ever think like just it just never like after his nemesis is really like in larp we consider like gucci it's like larp weapons yeah. gucci and they um are having me on all of their product tags and we're i'm, I'm flying out to do another photo shoot with them in like a week and like oh my god <laughs> it's just cra- like never in a truly and, and so like my joke is is that so you know these companies tend to, to, to send me pr and be very generous and kind um and i'm and the photo shoot that we're doing i'm doing this village girl look and they're giving me the, the nemesis is doing the larp broom, making this larp broom for me mm-hmm. you have to understand is that like nemesis weapons are very expensive and they're all hand carved um n- Kalamacil is like hand poured, but they use molds because it's like a foam okay, um, yeah, that they yeah. develop. But like Nemesis is like, they have to hand carve that shit. Mm-hmm. And I have been looking at their LARP broom since I was like 19 years old. And oh they're like, God. hey, Rocky, I know we know it's you're going to be your birthday while you're here with us. And um, we're going to we're going to give you a photo shoot with the LARP broom. And I'm like, well, now I could retire, frankly. I'm fine. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm. I you die. <laughs> you need to make. You need to rewrite your bucket list because you've run out of shit. I know. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> you know. And like, there are some. I, I can't speak about everything, but there are some really big things in the work right now with like actual big companies. And it's just like I don't know. I just never thought. 
I, I really thought my life was over when those people attacked me and it, it was anything but and I kept going. I just was like, I'm not going to let that shit define me. I'm not going to let them define me. I will define me. My actions will define me. And they have. And um, and I'm I couldn't be more proud to be part of the community that I'm in right now. LARP has truly never been better. And it's why something like Drakenfest has is, is been an honor to be a part of something like this, because this is like a huge nexus point where LARPers from all over the world mm -hmm. and all over the country are coming to one yeah. place. Never happened before in LARP history. And to be part of something that is truly about building a better future for LARP. Uh, what more could I ask for? That's amazing. I'm just here to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I can't, I can't one up you on this. Um, so like, <laughs> let's go, let, let's just, let's just call it. I think this is a great episode. Um, I think your story is going to be really inspirational for a lot of people. And like, I know we talked about how you've been the first and you're, you're somebody that you wish you had to look up to, right? In that yeah. way. And like, I think, um, I think that's an awesome legacy. I'm so excited I got to have you on the show. Thank you. The one last thing I want to ask you is just what's what's that final message you want to get out to the listeners? Oh, I feel myself getting a little emotional, but it's like... Put love into every single thing that you do. Just love. Love what you do. And if you love what you do, and you put love into everything that you do, It'll show in your work because human beings love passion and human mm -hmm. beings love art. And the best art is made with love and intention. And so I, I, I would say to all of you out there that are listening is that just if you're if you're passionate about your art, if you're passionate about your games, just show that passion to the world and everything else will come because that's all it takes. That's all I did. That's all I did. And you know, I, and, mm -hmm. and for anybody that is of color uh that is out there in any industry that is white dominated it won't be easy but what you're doing is something that like you'll be able to look back on and know that you did your part to try and make it better and i, I think that's something that i can go to sleep at night knowing that i did the best mm -hmm. that i could by the people around me and for my community and that's that's what matters that was beautiful Raquel, thank you so much. Thank you for bringing the emotion. Thank you for being <laughs> real with us. I mean, seriously, I you don't know how much it means to me to to share your story. So um, thanks. And I really hope we're going to be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. You're, you're fabulous. Thank you so much for messaging me. I thought I got the opportunity to do this. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'll be back again soon with another episode. You can find episodes of Replay and all other Victor Media Group podcasts at victormediagroup.co. Replay is a VMG original and is created, hosted, and produced by Clara Mount. The show's executive produced by J.B. Adams and Gerard Mitchell with sound design by Anna Hughes and original music by Bison. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, follow Victor Media Group on your favorite social channels and check out Bison's other tunes on Spotify, Bandcamp, and SoundCloud. Extra special thanks to all my listeners for hanging out with us today. Keep on playing and remember, you're always welcome at this game table. <laughs> <laughs>